You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Brian Singer and Christopher McQuarrie's neo-noir mystery crime thriller, The Usual Suspects. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Mr. Jeremy Benson. Howdy. And Mr. Jared Callen. Hey, Brian. It's good to be here. Do you guys know the uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled? Convincing the world? Yeah, it, it's like putting that bush on fire, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he fucked up on that one. Yeah, he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wasn't wait, the no. bush on fire? Wasn't that uh, God? Yeah, no. Are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> <my> Exodus? <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh. Wrong spiritual being, Jared. <laughs> you know, good, bad. I knew, you know, I knew we Benson would, would set me straight on that one. <laughs> oh, so guys, listener to Quest Month. Coming to a close. That's right. But yeah, ending on a pretty good one. Uh, who, who's this week? James Anton. James Anton. The Usual Suspects. And he's got a great, uh, he's got his own show. Oh, is that the, is that the one where they, uh, is that the one where they uh, review, um, Horror soundtracks, but on vinyl. Yeah, that's well, that's cool. awesome. <laughs> well, that's a cool idea for a show. Yeah, they did. Uh, they they actually sent us their episode of um, from dusk till dawn, and I thought it was absolutely hysterical. They started it with like white vinyl, red vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> we got all your vinyl here, <laughs> replacing the uh, Cheech Marin uh, pussy rant. <laughs> it was pretty cute. Okay, it's called Splattered Plastic. Splattered Plastic. That's a good name, That's too. That's a very good name, yeah. So there you go. You, you need to listen to some guys talk about vinyl, some yeah. soundtracks. We recommend it. And they have really cool accents, too. <laughs> <laughs> Across the pond? Across the pond, mate. Probably don't like you saying mate, though, do they? I don't know. Wait, no, Where they say are they mate, from? Though, right? They're UK. Yeah. Mate's Australian. I ha- my, my English buddy does say mate sometimes. But, oh, uh, okay. But like, it just seems like that's the go-to when you're top of the morning to you. <laughs> it's bloody like a, whatever. Do you like a spot of tea? <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Harry Potter must not return to Hogwarts. You know, like you'd do that one too. Oh man, I knew that was gonna come up. <laughs> uh, I love the Dobie voice, though. Yeah, man, you do a good job, Mister Potter. So, guys, Brian Singer, Brian Singer, and Kevin Spacey. <laughs> it's the double threat. <laughs> Both guys uh, we're going to be talking about tonight, director and actor. Yeah. Academy Award winning, double, double Academy Award winning actor, Kevin Spacey, who won for this movie, Best Supporting Actor, and then he won Best Actor for uh, American Beauty. Yeah. Although, do you guys think he should have won the Oscar for Best Supporting? Not this one. Yeah, right? He was sort of the lead. Yeah, right? That's what I. You yeah, know, it's either him or Gabriel Byrne. I mean, it's an ensemble cast. It is, but, but he carries but, the film. But he does carry the film, and but you know, especially with the twist and all that. You know, it's even his narration. Yeah, he's he's telling the story. Yeah, I th- in th- more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was always uh, it's weird how they how they pick actors to put in those categories. It doesn't always make the most amount of sense. It worked out in his favor this time. They guess. <laughs> There's somebody throwing a dart at a board. Let's see where this person will actually win an award. Oh, let's put him in this category. Yeah. Oh, you know, before speaking of Oscars, before we move on, um, John Ottman, the editor and composer for this film, right? He just won his Oscar this year for best uh, editing for Bohemian Rhapsody. No shit. Yeah. Also a Brian Singer. Also a Brian Singer joint. Yeah. Which this guy, uh, John Ottman, for whatever reason, only cuts Brian Singer directed movies, except X Men One. No, that was directed by Brian Singer. But he didn't cut it. He didn't cut that one? He didn't cut that one? I don't think so. The <laughs> thing watching, I was watching on the way over here was talking about how they've collaborated on every movie since, and except X-Men 1. He did not. He, they said he didn't edit X-Men 1. He did not edit X-Men 1. Boom! Boom. There he goes. <laughs> I have, don't have to say anything else for the rest of the podcast. Oh, wait. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> I won. <laughs> so you win and you don't get to talk? Oh, wait. Did he not? He didn't even do the music for X-Men. Wow. But he did come on for uh, all the sequels. Yeah. But I just, that is weird, though. That like, I mean, he's mostly known as a composer, John Altman is. But that's just weird that he only edits for Singer. <laughs> Because he's such a good editor. I mean, yeah. like, you, know, you watch The Usual Suspects, like, the first thing that always jumps out to me in this movie, performance script aside, like, the editing is fantastic. It's one of the best cut films of, 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 all, of all time, man. I mean, I can't think of too many ones that are like, oh, yeah, that, that's better than this. It's, it's a masterful movie in terms of, like, how it's paced out. I mean, for me, it works. Oh, yeah. On the way over here, I was watching um, just a little mini documentary. It was- Ten things you 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 never knew about Usual Suspects. Yeah, and uh, that was one of them. Was that the editor started working with him on his what was his first movie? Um, well, his first movie, the one that the Sundance movie that he did before this one, the one that Kevin Spacey saw and was like, "Bro, yeah. I need to work with you." Yeah, and the other public was, access. Yeah, that's it. I haven't seen that one. I'd never even heard of it. <laughs> Some of the other interesting stuff was how the movie actually got made. Yeah. Like, usually there's a story, and then there's, you know, a script, and then this was kind of the other way around. It was, somebody asked Singer, what are you going to do next? And he he had, he had liked the idea, he'd read an article, and the words usual suspects were in the article. And he was like, that would make a good title for a movie. And then, <laughs> at Sundance, they described what the poster would look like. And then from the poster, they made up the movie. It's created from the poster. 
Yeah, I, I saw that also, and I think that that this that's actually a misnomer that I think got started by Wikipedia somewhere. They misread the liner notes from the DVD. You think? It, yeah, it's not Brian Singer. It's it was Christopher McQuarrie who came up with that idea and brought it to Brian Singer, and they approached Kevin Spacey with it at Sundance. But they say that the part was written for Kevin Spacey, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. I just thought it was cool that it was like, I don't care who it was, Brian Singer, Tom Jones, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) The idea that it went from, you know, just a title to this is what the poster would look like, this is what the movie would be. And Christopher McQuarrie says, like, he didn't even think about that, uh, the the famous line from Casablanca, you know, round up the usual suspects that Claude Rain says. He said that he didn't even, he didn't even see the film yet. So I was like, what? That's That's crazy, dude. Like, how did you... Like, I thought that's what the whole title came from. Even when I was Synchronicity, man. It's just there. It's just out there in the ether. It was made for it. The other thing on the little mini documentary that I thought was interesting was Singer was talking about he modeled it off of Wizard of Oz. Stuff in New York is Kansas. Stuff in L.A. is Oz. Kevin Spacey is... The Wizard? The Wizard. And he's presenting a reality that's questionable. It was, it was oh, interesting. I can see that. Hmm. I thought it felt more like Reservoir Dogs. He was pointing out, like, look, yeah. if, yeah. You, if yeah. you look at some of the locations that are out in L.A. and some of the characters, how they're, like, over-exaggerated. I thought it was interesting. I wouldn't have thought of it on my own. Yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can definitely see it. Well, you know, it just helps in terms of, like, thinking about the story. Because, I mean, once you get to the end of the movie, you realize, like, the whole film, like, did I just watch a lie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most of it, yeah. You, it was probably a lie. Everything you saw. Do you think it's actually all a lie? Yeah, that's why they're showing all the names and see i don't think it's all a lie because then that movie would just i don't know it would feel like a waste of time i think <laughs> i think Kaiser i think Soze, you just don't want it to be a waste of time yeah i mean I, it, no i mean because there's there's some hints that i'm okay we know some things have to be true right because the cops can double check on some things but other things so some events have got to be factual other things can be completely made up well i think what he's made in this movie, I think what he makes up is like, oh, well, Names I was and here. And yeah, exactly. What they show on the, on the board. Because, you know, Kobayashi, Kobayashi shows up. At Can the we end. talk about the ending yet? Yeah, yeah. We're definitely in, in spoilers here. All yeah. right. We're about to fuck this movie up. All right, so. So definitely watch it first. Yeah. It, w- it would fuck this movie up if you haven't seen it. Seriously. Yeah. It would. Yeah, big time. So obviously Kevin Spacey's Kaiser, right? Kaiser's Zose. Verbal kit. With Which up. apparently Soze in Turkish means verbal. Or talks too much. Or talks, yeah, something like that. that they kind of give it away. Uh, film Theory put out a video. Um, what if he's not Kaiser Soze and he's covering for Kaiser Soze? It, basically, the title was, what if we're all wrong on this? Yeah. And he got arrested on purpose to give a story to allow so say to get away so that it may got deep and I can't remember it all because I'm tired but it's an interesting thought I've heard the theory that uh, the lawyer Kobayashi as you know the fake name that verbal kit gives yeah. the lawyer I've heard the theory that he's really Kaiser Soze I haven't heard that one yeah because you know like he's the one who picks him up in the car and that way like yeah because there is a slight plot hole but I, I, I blow it off with character motivation but you know because Kevin Spacey's Showing his face to these detectives, and when he leaves, right, there's going to be at least three people in that room, those three cops that are going to be able to identify him. Well, that's one of their points they brought up was that Kaiser doesn't want anybody to know who what he looks like. So why would he allow himself to be arrested? 
See, I think he did that just to like to set up those drug dealers that he wanted taken out of the way because they were going to blackmail him with that one guy that saw his face. Yeah, which is the guy who was down inside the boat. Yeah, yeah like the whole reason to go in there was to, was to kill that guy. Yeah. It's Jose. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just he was going to take that guy out, and he didn't give a fuck if somebody saw his face. He just didn't want to be put into a position where he was going to be blackmailed by these other fucking drug dealers. So much like that story, he tells a cop where you know he gives a flashback with his family. He's just doing the same thing here. That's the way I always always read that scene. I don't know if that holds water. If I'm if I'm filling in things for a movie I really enjoy, <laughs> I don't know. I do like Kevin Spacey's reaction when they uh, or Verbal's reaction when they come in and they say, "Who the fuck is Kaiser Soze?" And he's like, "What fuck? the?" Fuck? He's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> and it cuts really fast. It like gets out of there really quickly. I love that. I mean, I remember the first time I saw it, and we were you know outside just talking about the plot, and I can't remember if I brought it up or if Rusty brought it up, but one of us brought up, "Well, what if he's not?" And then we both kind of were like, "Man, that's an interesting idea." And then you blow it off because obviously he's supposed to be Kaiser Sose. Yeah, that's what the movie's telling you. Um, trying to. But then watching this thing today, and it was like, what if Brian Singer has pulled like the the best twist ever, and he's just laughing at the audience? Like, no, y'all y'all still don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I could see that, but it would really really make the movie even like a real big waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, at that point, you're like, hey, guys, what if we make a movie where this perp is lying to a detective the and whole we time. shoot the lie? Be like, but wait, it didn't really happen. Like, what's the meaning behind it? What's the metaphor here? Where's the symbolism? Bro? Hey, dude, it's a lie, all right? We're just shooting the lie. Just deal with it. Reality versus? I mean, technically, all films are shooting lies, Brian. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Film is um, a lie. Yeah. Now they they could have done that, but uh, that's, if, a, that's a truth. Yeah, <laughs> and if if they both if if Brian Singer and um, Kevin Spacey both wouldn't have gotten into some trouble with their personal lives, maybe they could have done a second movie. You know, now where they bring him back and we find out that he's not Kaiser Sose. Wait, do you think Brian Singer's done? Do you, you think he's not making any any more movies? Because wasn't he like? Uh, isn't he doing Red Sonia? Or did that get canceled? I don't know what's happening with him. I'm just saying, like he, he's the future isn't set for him yet. With his uh, pedophile ring things that he's doing, or whatever the fuck, I don't know. I haven't really studied it, but uh, I haven't either. I've just heard all the rumors. Did you listen to that podcast that I sent you? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Where um, did you listen it was to Kevin it, Pollack? Yeah, so, right? so yeah, so, so Kevin Pollack talks about on on the set of this movie. He's like they they were getting out of the end of it, and um, Brian Singer was about twenty five years old when he was shooting this, and he had an eighteen year old boyfriend on set. And, uh, and, and, and he's like, he loved his 18 year old boyfriend and it was like the big deal. He was like super out, but Kevin Spacey was very in the closet, but he would talk about it with Brian Singer. They were like buddies and stuff. Uh, and, but, uh, Kevin Spacey was talking around the set. Like, he's like, Oh, well, my girlfriend back in New York and all that. So no one was any wiser. Uh, well, uh, what, uh, at the end of every day, uh, Brian Singer would go around to all of the trailers to, to the main actors and be like, Hey, you did a good job today. You know, thanks for, thanks for all your hard work and, you know, give them call sheets or whatever. And, uh, he walked in on, uh, Kevin Spacey having sex with his, uh, boyfriend on set. So apparently, uh, the last half of the movie, uh, he was getting all his direction through the first AD and, uh, they shipped the, they shipped the boyfriend back to France or whatever, wherever he was from. I, I forget where he was from. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, so things were going crazy even back then. And uh, Kevin Pollack says that that was kind of a power play on Spacey's 
point of view. He's like, you know, he's like, would you sleep with the director's girlfriend? You know, like you just like you just trying to fuck the movie up, dude. Fucking actors do stupid shit, man. <laughs> on fucking, sets. it's just like, man, dude, are you just trying to ruin this? Like everything that's happening right now, really? You're like all these people here are working. You're gonna fuck this up. I think the most disturbing thing you just said was they shipped him back to <laughs> France. <laughs> that's what he said. It's like they just like <laughs> they, 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 they went they went to France, found somebody, <laughs> brought them. <laughs> Kevin Pollock says he put he put he put his boyfriend back on a plane and shipped and shipped him home. He's like got him off set. Well, they they must have made up because I mean they did Superman Returns together. Yeah, yeah, almost ten years. Well, no, more than that movie came out ten more than ten years later because it didn't come out two thousand six, two thousand six, two thousand seven, maybe two thousand five. I'm not sure. I'm not one hundred percent sure, but yeah, and this was ninety five. So yeah, it took him ten years, man, to get back there. So Sean was born in oh four. Brandon was born in oh seven. Yeah, somewhere around two thousand six, seven, somewhere along in there. Yeah, so it'd be right around ten years. That's a long time. That is a long time. Although, man, I'd be honest, some of the cast do not talk kindly of, of each well, apparently other. Apparently, Kevin Pollack and uh, and Stephen Baldwin were like clashing the whole time on the God. movie. They like they were like button heads. Dude, Kevin Pollack just man, he just <laughs> cuts that motherfucker down on the DVD behind the scenes, man. Just, yeah, ooh, just rips him a new fucking asshole. Who? Stephen Baldwin. Really? Yeah, he's like, oh man, motherfucker shows up with leather pants, and I just knew right away. It's like, man, your boy, your brothers always took all your toys, didn't they? <laughs> it's like, fuck, dude, holy shit! You're saying that doesn't pull any fucking punches, <laughs> man. No. He's like, fuck all y'all. Like, <laughs> oh dude, it is brutal. It's like, he's oh. a good actor too, but yeah, he, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it, it made me laugh though. I mean, I was. Oh laughing. no, man. I was, yeah, I, I, was talk to him. I think he's awesome. <laughs> I love people who are real blunt and, you know, to the point, like, this is how At least you know where you stand That's with exactly them. true. Like, they're not going to fuck your boyfriend in their trailer. <laughs> oh. Drama like that does fucking happen on a goddamn set, though. Fuck. It doesn't make sense, though, because you think, uh, like, at the at people, that, that boy who, uh, who fucked, you know, the boyfriend, like... He wasn't playing his cards right, you know? I think I'd have went towards Singer, you know? I think he had more things going at the time, you know? Fucking younger. Yeah. Had more fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have the weird, like, you know, Dracula Widow's Peak thing and, going on. Yeah. And you yeah. fuck up your relationship, and at that point, you, what, what do you get to say? All right, man, I slept with Kevin Spacey. Uh, who? <laughs> who the fuck is that? Well, you know, he got an Oscar a year later, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know. That story got better. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I totally slept with him. Oh, my God. <laughs> the serial killer from Seven? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He's always the surprise killer. You know, the surprise. You know, it's like, the, the, that was the year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got a, We need here. a surprise killer. Who do we get? That guy. Get, get, get Kevin Spacey. He's a good one. <laughs> I totally won't see that coming. Yeah. No, 95 was a good year for Heist Crime and uh, neo-noir films. There was uh, Seven, Heat, Casino, Copycat, and Devil in a Blue Dress. Heat was the same year? Yeah. Wow. It was a packed year, man. That's a hell of a Wasn't year. Wasn't Lord of Illusions, too? Wasn't that that year? Lord of Illusions? No, that was... Uh, uh, yeah, it may have been. The Clive Barker film? Yeah, I think so. If it was, Man, if it wasn't, it would have been like the next year. It was, yeah, it was a very good year. But yeah, well, neo noirs were starting to blow up around this time because, like, uh, what was it L.A. Confidential, also starring Kevin Spacey and uh, Guy Pierce, that came out in '97. Define neo noir. What does it make it right. neo noir? Uh, okay, so a, a film noir. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. It was just you know black film, right? It's yeah. a French term 
and that's just uh, you know a very stylized look in terms of lighting, black shadows. You have your femme fatale, yeah. uh, a girl you don't know whether she's good or bad. Um, your main character is usually a detective or um, the bad guy. You have uh, VO, and we always you always have some kind of lured uh, subject matter, you know, or it's crime genre of filmmaking. Right. Neo noir is just a noir that follows all those tropes, but has come out after color film. Okay, so it's like a, a contemporary noir. Yeah. Okay. Neo just means modern, you know, new color, yeah. color. Technicolor. <laughs> and Technicolor. And sound. <laughs> With sync sound. So that's why, like, Blade Runner is, like, considered a futuristic, like, neo noir. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it first came out when it had the VO in it and everything. That's, like, really leaning on that. Hardcore. Interesting. You know, the Humphrey Bogart uh, movies. I know the dame was uh, trouble the minute she walked into my bar. <laughs> Sam. What is it? Sam Spade? Is that, that that's Sam his name? Spade. Yeah. And uh, Maltese Falcon. Mm-hmm. This was on the list of, uh, well, I guess it was on uh, the Writer Guilds of America's uh, list of 101 greatest screenplays. This ranked in at number 35. Really? That's really, really high marks. But didn't it win the Oscar mm-hmm. for screenplay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Won screenplay and best supporting actor. I'd like to read the script and see how, if it, you know, how it played out compared to how I it was I shot. I have it if you want to. Yeah. If you want me to send it to you. Yeah, please do. I'd like oh, to. do you really? Thanks, I, yeah, I'd like to read that too, I'd like man. i to see it. Yeah. I've never read it. Everybody that was cast in the movie talks about how just a great read it is. I think I've got it. I'll, I'll yeah, that's cool. I'd like to, I'd like to see how it kind of compares to the film. To see, you know, I always like to see a shooting script versus like you know what what actually happened because things change. And even yeah. um, even in interviews, uh, Brian Singer talks about how you know the, the quintessential things are written three times. When you write the script, when you shoot it, and when you edit it, and he said this movie really came together in editing. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of editing, you know why why they're all laughing in the lineup? Because they were being unprofessional cocksuckers. Oh, it's because uh, Benicio del Toro kept mm-hmm. farting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were cracking up before the fart. I, I mean, like a couple of the actors even called themselves unprofessional dicks. They were like, "Yeah, we were kind of we were kind of being dicks." Uh, you know, sorry, Brian Singer. We didn't. Sorry, twenty five year old kid. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he had he had footage of them not laughing. He just when he was watching the the edit, he was like, "We got to use the laugh." Like, no, they never got the footage of them not laughing. They fucked off for an entire day, huh? An entire and then when they went back, and this the next old day, interview I saw with him, he said he he went ahead and used it, oh, even no. though he had a couple that was clean. Oh, no, that that must have been like some early like. Oh, this was old, yeah. This yeah, was an old interview. Because <laughs> he's since come out in the audio commentary, and he's like, "Man, fuck, this was a nightmare." <laughs> and it was John Ottman that was like, "No, hey, wait, I think we can save this. You know, it, this kind of shows them like coming together, and it, it makes us like them a little bit." Yeah, it's it's a great scene. It is. It is kind of crazy to think that that was just from them fucking off. <clears throat> Hey man, happy accidents. And Bio Del Toro doing. I don't the, know if that's an accident. <laughs> the weird speech, just so that he's not just there to die. Yeah, like what a weird like. Can't understand half the shit he says. He'll flip ya. <laughs> what? This is a character choice that worked. What did he say? He, he was playing a uh, a black Jewish uh, Chinese. Oh, I forget. Dude, there like, is he, no he, ethnicity he, he, there at all. He had a he had a thing he had in his head where he would run everything through it to get the, to get. The, to the point where he wanted to go. Yeah, in the mini documentary thing I was watching, they had a clip of him where he was basically saying that 
when he read the script, he realized his character is just there to die. So he wanted to give his yeah he wanted to give his character a little way to stand out. So he just decided, well, if I'm just here to die, then my lines aren't important. So it doesn't matter if you understand them or not. <laughs> yeah, I think Stephen Baldwin's quoted as saying he fucked up a few times on set because he was he he missed his cue because he couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. He's just like, what? <laughs> Stephen Baldwin. He's looking pretty good in this movie. This was like when his like what was he doing in, in, at this time? It was what's his what's his biggest movie? Is this it? Yeah, dude, this is it. This is it, huh? This is his biggest right. film. The only other film I can even think of that got a theatrical release around this time was uh, Fled with uh, Lawrence Fishburne, where they play into escape conflict. Fix. It's a very very forgettable movie. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, was it was like uh was it like the chain reaction with the? Uh... Oh yeah, I definitely <laughs> saw that. Uh, yeah, poor Stephen Baldwin didn't get his. Didn't get his. Man, none of the Baldwin brothers got theirs, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> Alec was, he came out, did great, and then. He's making commercials. Yeah, man. He, 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 he's got the number one, <laughs> he's got the number one Trump impression, man. Like, he's known for that now. Yeah, that's true. And Capital One. That's right, and Capital One. And you for, don't and think for, he's making some cheese on those Capital One commercials. And he's known for getting thrown off planes and shit and being a dick, you know, and playing uh, Where's the Friends won't turn his phone off. Man, he has always <laughs> been known for being a dick, though. Yeah. That's like his thing. I remember my dad was like, he's like, he's unpatriotic. He's like, he's like, he keeps threatening. He's going to like, uh, this is when I was a kid. I just remember this going, he's going off about Alec Baldwin. He's like, he keeps saying that if, if something happens, some political thing, he's like, he'll move out of the country. Well, then get the fuck out. <laughs> I love how everybody's like, well, if this happens and I'm moving, moving out, where the fuck are you going to go, man? Like, <laughs> nobody ever leaves. Nobody ever leaves. I think you need to like find that one person who does and do a documentary on him where he's actually getting on the boat to leave. And you're like, all right, this is. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm gone. All right, he, the, the the man who actually left. The man who kept his word. <laughs> Guys, leaving the country does not involve buying a beach house in Europe. That is not leaving the country. That's vacationing abroad. Yeah, different different things here. Going on vacation with abroad. You damn right. What? Woo. That's even a different thing. <laughs> I didn't think he was that bad in this, to be honest. No, he's not yeah, that he's, bad. He's okay. Yeah. They, they, it's good because they put him in that young, fun role. You know, where like he's yeah. a little bit more un, an experienced guy. And it's nice that he's kind of has that partnership with uh, Del Toro's character. Yeah. As well. It, those two kind of that, that team works, I guess, because they're so different. Yeah. And it gives their characters a little more something to chew on in the scenes. Than just being, the, you know, there to die or there to take up space, you know, just one of the, one of the gangsters, you know. Is this a gangster movie? Uh, no, no like a no, they're not actually gangsters. Like a robbery, like crime, crime, yeah. yeah, underworld. It feels kind of mobby with Kaiser Sose. Yeah, especially the way when they when they cut back and they he's telling like his backstory about how he. He's like he's basically like, oh, you're gonna hold my family hostage. Fuck you! Boom! He just starts shooting all his family. He's like, what are you gonna do now, bitch? You know, like that. That's some that's some like mob boss shit. You Kaiser Soze and his in the flashbacks looks like a lot like Benicio, not Benicio del Toro. It looks, he looks like Antonio like, um, Banderas. Yeah, Antonio Banderas <laughs> with his long black know. hair. He's silhouetted and shit. Just like he's like you know taking motherfuckers down. Uh, Desperado. Desperado also came out this Was same it the, year. Really? Yeah, ninety five. Wow. 95 was a good fucking year, a good year, fucking bro. year, man. Damn. That wasn't that also a it? Toy Story? Yes. That's a great fucking year, man. Yeah, you can't really you can't fuck with 95. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I wrote down the uh, the editing nods uh, because uh, Usual Suspects was not nominated for uh, for editing, but Apollo 13 won. That was the same year? Yeah. Wow. Babe, Braveheart, Crimson Tide, and Seven. 
So Braveheart, that was the Braveheart year it won Best Picture? Yeah. Wow. Braveheart's good. Braveheart's great. Have we done that one yet? No. Dude, can't wait. I don't know if this is a better movie, but I like this movie more than Braveheart. It's more, it just fits. I like this kind of film more. Man. You're giving me the eyes. I, know. I am. I'm giving you the Brian Elkins. <laughs> I, had, I had the face. Like whenever you tell Brian something, he just can't like fathom. He, he he's totally like he, he gives it all in his face. He, he can't hide it. He's like, <gasps> what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Look, there it is again. <laughs> no. He's very expressive. I wish that wish that's the only time I wish you guys had a camera here. Like you know, so we actually. I just I just Instagram my surprise face. <laughs> what? What? You what? haven't seen what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it is trailer time now. I think guys. so, man. We're getting a little goofy. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back. Usually, when there is a crime, there is a motive. I want to know why. 27 men died on that pier for what looks to be $91 million worth of dope that wasn't there. Usually, when there is a lineup, there's only one real suspect. This whole thing was a shakedown. And there's no way they'd line five felons in the same room. But this is not the usual crime. This is not the usual motive. He was in the harbor killing many men. Kaiser Sose! He saw Kaiser Sose. And these are not the usual suspects. Keaton. I'm a businessman. McManus. There's nothing that can't be done. Hockney. What, you got a team of monkeys working around the clock on this? Fenster. Flip you. Flip you for real. Verbal Kent. Roger, really? People say I talk too much. He doesn't know what you want to know. I don't think he does. Not exactly. But there's a lot more to his story, believe me. In a world where nothing is what it seems. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled. He's here. Was convincing the world. I know, he's here. He didn't exist. You've got to look beyond... The usual suspects. I'm smarter than you. And I'm going to find out what I want to know, whether you like it or not. I work for Kaiser Soze. He feels you owe him. He does not expect all of you to live, but those of you who do will have $91 million. It was Kaiser Soze, Agent Kuyan. I mean, the devil himself. I'm telling you, it's Kaiser Soze! There is no Kaiser Soze. Keaton always said, I don't believe in God. But I'm afraid of him. Well, I believe in God. And the only thing that scares me is Kaiser Soze. All right, we're back. That was the trailer for The Usual Suspects. Yeah, it was. It was a good trailer. It, it showed me one thing that I do hate about this movie, though. And that's how Kaiser Soze holds his gun. He does it like a true gangster, bro. He's got it. No, he, you he, can't shoot like that. Look, That's look, stupid. Look, you can't shoot straight, all right? You gotta, no. you gotta turn it to the side. No, man. you don't. You no, gotta turn stop. it to the side. No. You gotta look cool when you shoot no. people. No. Well, it helps to actually hit what you're shooting at, and Jared no, it, is technically correct. No, you I, can't I thought you were about hit. to say, like, turning it sideways helps you. I was like, no, it does not. It helps you like, look amazing. You look right. amazing while you miss. When I saw, like, you know, like, oh, this is Kaiser Sosa. Like, feet from him. Like, How's like, he gonna miss? Look. <laughs> Two seconds before that, we just saw the man pissing. He's like, he's pissing, he's shaking his dick around, and then he comes down, he pulls out his, his gun and goes like Gat style, like to, to the side. Come on, bro. No, didn't do Kyler, it for you. Kaiser Sose is a bitch, man. Like, <laughs> fuck that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Yeah, man, come on, dude. I didn't have a problem with it. I, I thought it was kind of cool. It's, 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 you know, it's gangster. Look, he's so close to the guy anyway. He's not going to miss, man. Like, I mean, you'd have to be like a really terrible shot. You, you That's just that it. 90s thing they're throwing in there, man. You don't got to do that. 
you know, hey. It does screw up the aim quite a bit. Yeah, man. That's why he had to shoot him twice. (laughs) I'm just saying. He Uh, he had to shoot him twice because he can't fucking aim with that fucking sideways bullshit. I think it would have been like more more dope if Kaiser Soze had just plus the shell injects like right towards your face. Oh, that's true. It's going to pop you right in the face. Or, or but actually would be badass if you were shooting that way, and then as the shell ejects, you reach your right hand out and you fucking grab that motherfucking shell and put it in your pocket. Because you don't want that oh, to hit the ground. Damn, that would be super gangster. <laughs> You'd be so cool. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I could grab my own fucking recoil shells. I can grab it. I missed, but I grabbed it. <laughs> It'd be like some uh, Clive Owen uh, shoot him up kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that movie. That's uh, cool. Yeah, that movie is ridiculously over the top. Yeah. What'd you guys think of the uh, that nice opening uh, opening pan? Of the Over the water, reflecting on the kind of how they end the trailer there. <laughs> I, yes. I like it, and I was like, I was trying to think: is this a pan or is this like a du- like you know? It's kind of it's it's long, and it's like over this like water with like the lights coming down. I like it. I think it's cool. It's, yeah, it's, it sets the mood really well. I assumed it's, it was a pan. I don't know. It could be a dolly. It's very d- noiry. It may be a dolly pan. Yeah, uh, but uh, it, seriously, because of how long it is and how slow, and, and it doesn't feel like it has a wide swoop. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like it's like it kind of keeps on the um the parallax doesn't change really. Right. Yeah. Anyways, it's 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 cool. It it's an, it sets the noir tone. And anytime you see water kicking off uh like k- light kicking off water, it's always sexy. Oh yeah, it is good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the boat set's really cool too. I like how they like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually uh, looking at um I, I don't know like for some reason, I was I was looking at it. Uh, we were just watching the trailer. It was really neat to get to to get a trailer that's in the original aspect ratio. And I was thinking that that actually the footage in that trailer looks better than the what I was watching. And I'm thinking, I'm, is that because like the what uh, Amazon the way they stream it or whatever? It just like I don't know if it's got full fidelity or whatever. Oh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was looking at the trailers. Well, that movie does look pretty damn good. Because they do compress it when they put it on Amazon. So, yeah, you could be losing a little bit of color space. Yeah. I, I thought it kind of felt a little washed out in places. And then also, especially, there's a scene where they where they go into... Um, it's where they meet uh, It's where they meet the guy where he's like, I work for size, uh, Kaiser Sose. Oh, the Kobayashi the lawyer? Co- yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, that guy. Yeah. And they're, they're in like some... Um, skyscraper and you're seeing out over the city and all the and like all the window of the buildings and stuff in the background are all blown out yeah yeah yeah. i was like ooh, this is kind of gross this scene's kind of gross looking i wrote that down Did all you, oh, really? windows are blown out <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's like they, they they didn't they weren't lighting to match the background they were just kind of going in and just getting enough light on the characters to to, to make the scene work but yeah it, it just makes the it ruined that scene for me because i was like oh this is like super gross looking you know, all, I think all the office stuff, with the exception of the interrogation of uh, of Verbal Kent's character, um, I mean, I, I don't like any of the office building stuff. It, all of it's just kind of flat, or it's like one bright source. Like even in the hospital, where they, uh, where they have the the Russian or the hang, uh, Hungarian uh, mobster, yeah, that's like all bandaged and burned from the, yeah. the boat. Kaiser Sose, Kaiser Sose, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's the doctor. There's like a. Uh, like a, a medium shot of the doctors all hovering around with the the, the other police officer, his superior there, right? And he's like, "What, what did he say?" But that shot, you can just tell they they just have a light, yeah. There's just and a it's, light. it's either bouncing off the wall or ba- uh, yeah. going through some like opal or something. There, there's a, there's a scene there when they're going through the boat at the end, and uh, like Stephen Baldwin's like walking through one of the like the rooms, and it's just like a white room that's like lit with a really bright light, 
Oh, coming off the it's, floor. It's so, it's so, yeah, the light's yes. on the floor. It lights the whole scene. I'm just like, oh, God. It's like they did not get, they're like, look, we need a shot of him going through here. Throw a fucking light in that room right now. We got to move the fuck on. Yeah. Like, and they <laughs> threw it. <laughs> Wherever it lands is good. I swear, yeah, it totally looked like that. I was like, wow, that's really bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, they did, they only had $6 million budget, and there are some, mom- there's some moments where you can see that they shot it in 30 some odd days, man. They like, yeah. they roughed it out. That's pretty impressive. That's badass with how good it does look. And how much shit... Dude, there's a lot of shit going on in this movie. There is. There's a lot of locations. Yeah. A whole bunch of locations yeah. changes, man. Just all over the place. Because usually if you're you planning on like a lower budget movie, it's smaller cast, less locations. Yeah. This is this huge is cast. Massive cast, <laughs> massive locations, like yeah. big ideas, gun battles and shit. Yeah, dude. I mean, they try to reuse their locations, but you know, like even when they see that uh, the Redfoot um, guy, the, the guy that get, has the bad drug deal. Right, and he tells them they're stealing diamonds, and it turns out it's heroin. And they get pissed at him. Yeah, they meet up at that same—I uh, don't know what is it. It's like a little—it's a park, but it's also got like some kind of Buddhist temple in the background. Yeah, and they meet there like in the day, and then they meet there again at night. You can tell that they shot that location out in a day or a day and a night. But dude, it's just so much. Like you think about all the high stuff, like just the characters getting introduced. Like each character has their own little introduced um, introduction, little setup. Yeah. It's so much, so many location changes. I was just like, God, fuck, man, six million dollars. I don't even know how they did it. And that also kind of shows your your, your editing love there a little bit because they keep it under two hours, and it is jam packed full of shit. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't. It, it's not a slow movie. <laughs> it's not. It, 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 um, oh, it's thoroughly entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, it, it totally keeps your attention, and that's because of the way they kind of tell it. I mean, they they have like some kind of out of time type things. They're kind of doing flashbacks and and all that. It's just, it, I don't know. It moves really nicely. It, I think it did confuse a, um, a certain part of the audience at the time. Some of the people that saw this, just because it did jump around a lot. I think a lot of people when they when they got to the end of the movie, it was just like, oh, like what? <laughs> wait, wait a minute, what now? What just happened? What did I watch? Oh, really? Yeah, I think a lot of people were a little confused by the plot. Huh? I mean, I can I can kind of see it at the end because you get like. You get the montage wrap up where it's like, oh, really? It was Gabriel Burns' character. You know, he was this terrible guy. He's really Kaiser Soze. And then you get the mon- another montage right afterwards. It was like, oh no, psych. Kevin Spacey <laughs> oh yeah, and was it's like reading the bulletin board almost immediately after. It's yeah. kind of like you get like a double ending there. I like that though. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's a total misdirect. Who's Kaiser Soze? <laughs> Who, who's Kaiser Soze? Roger Ebert did not like this movie. He gave it. One and a half stars when it came out. Really? Was he like, just fuck this movie? Yeah, it, it was on his uh, hated, the most hated movies of the year list or whatever the, wow. his list that he put out. That's interesting. I'm going to go back and read that. I'm, I'm, I want to know what he says. Like, what was what was his big beef? Uh, he, just, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't think it was... Gimmick. Yeah, worth really anything. Yeah, fucking gimmick movie. Yeah. He thought the ending was... Just kind of came out of nowhere and was like, eh, who cares at this point? You know, there are lists out there that say this is one of the best, like, film endings ever. It's you know? one of them. Yeah. It's like, you know, whoa, holy shit. It is a fucking strong ending, man. Yeah, it is. Like, this is how you want to end your movie. It's at least surprising. You definitely can't catch it. Like, you, you don't see it coming. I don't think you can tell this one's coming. I mean, I it's, it's out of nowhere. And even though I... I, I saw this young though. I you know I, uh, I I knew this definitely knew this time going in so I was catching some things. There's like some stuff where they're they're talking. I forget which which 
what they're talking about, but Kevin Spacey's doing like little s- sly smiles and stuff at, at times. Yeah, and yeah. and they cut to him. Like when it, sometimes when they uh, when they bring up Kaiser Soso, they'll immediately cut to him. Uh, and and they also exclude him in in some scenes. Like there's a scene where they're in uh, where they're it's like the first time when they put all the all the criminals together where they can actually talk freely. They have this like scene where they're cutting back forth between all of them, and then at the end of that scene, they cut over to show that he was there. So they're separating him from the group. Dude, they do a bunch of really smart things with him. That's cool though. I mean, that, that's it a really neat so thing. Awesome. So on, on a rewatch, you're like, oh, you know, you can kind of see it. You know, he, he's kind of he, he is separated from all. He's the he's the mastermind. Even when he's like sitting there waiting for the detective, the custom agents, uh, Chaz Palmetary, to come into the room, he's sitting there looking at the bulletin board. Oh yeah, he's checking it out. Yeah, it, he's just you know. I, I love how they bring up. He's like, oh, it's very messy, and he's like, well, you know, it's it's a system. It's a system. You know, he's like, you just don't understand it. You know. Kaiser Sose understands it, and when he, and they bring him in, uh, they bring in Kevin Spacey the uh, the coffee mug. Yeah, uh, when there's a does he look at the bottom of it? There's a shot. It's it's this high angle shot, and it's kind of over the shoulder of, of Chaz, and he's sitting there, and they has the coffee cup and uh, frame right, and then Kevin Spacey, and he is actually you think he's looking at him, but he actually looks down and is looking at the bottom of the coffee cup. That shot is in the film. No shit, that's crazy. It's just, you know, it is well thought out. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, you know, that's kind of why the movie has a, a nice following, and I think that's why it survived as long. You know, it's like people like to go back and rewatch this one, especially if you haven't seen it for a little while. Right. Yeah, the only complaint I saw about it, people were saying it had no rewatchability, but I disagree, because... Really? Yeah. I enjoyed it more this time than I did the first time. Yeah, it's a movie I always... Every time I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, man, I forgot how fucking good this is! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand that complaint. It's a shame Kevin Spacey and uh, Brian Singer made it. <laughs> I, you know, oh, I try to put that man. stuff uh, put that stuff aside and just enjoy a movie. Let a movie be a movie, and not okay. You know? Roman Polanski over there. <laughs> I still watch Roman Polanski movies. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna watch the shit out of some Rosemary's Baby, dude. Hey, man. I love the Ninth Gate. You ever seen that one? Yeah, I like that movie a lot, dude. Yeah, I, I love that like movie. all the all the Polanski films you could have brought yeah. up. We could have we could have talked about Chinatown. What's that? The Bat- piano, the pianist, the pianist. Yeah, that's a good one, dude. It's it's hard to watch, but it's good. There's some good stuff in that. I think Death and the Maiden was the last Polanski film I I really loved. I haven't seen that one. It's, uh, you should check it out. Uh, Scorny Weaver and Ben Kingsley. You were talking earlier about that the scene when. Right after the lineup, they're all together in lockup in the prison. Yeah, in prison is holding in holding cell or whatever. <laughs> like, the, there's no way they put us all in here together like this. What the fuck's going on? They can't put this many criminal masterminds together <laughs> or whatever. I forget what they said. There's something along those yeah. lines. But um, I love that when they get let out later. Um, Gabriel Burns, his his character's girlfriend, gets them all out, and they all have the great looks. Oh, when they stare back at each other? Yeah. yeah they're like, that. oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to set up the next job. We're going to fuck these cops over for yeah. fucking us. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get them back. It's cool. They're all, they're, and they all kind of spread out, you know, and they're all standing around. And there's just like this shot where they kind of look at all of them. It's, yeah, it's super cool. It is a nice moment, man. Yeah. It's got a good uh, sound, too. Like, I like how they drown out the, the girlfriend talking. You know, you start, you can hear real clearly. And then as the scene goes on, it's like, eh, who gives a fuck what she's yeah, saying? Yeah, it's it all does, about yeah. these looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would you guys think of the heist scenes? They worked. 
I, I mean, I, I like the first one a lot. What was the first one? I'm trying to remember it. That's when they get back at the cops and uh, they have that taxi cab service the NYPD does where they yeah. are uh, picking up drug dealers from the airport. Right. And then they, uh, they box his car in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Knock the windshield out. That was fucking hardcore, dude. Dude, that was good. Yeah, no, that was cool. It was very nicely staged. Yeah, it's, it's good to have some like nice little action-y stuff in the middle. Makes it actually feels like a... Like a crime caper, you know. You're actually getting to see the guys do their jobs. Yeah, I, I wish, because they may keep making a big deal out of Gabriel Byrne's character being just such a badass. Like, oh, right. this guy is, you don't really get to see him do a lot of cool shit in the movie, though. No. Six million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but, like, Stephen, Stephen Baldwin's got, like, all the cool action moments. Like, he's the guy that even takes uh, Kobayashi's uh, bodyguards out in the elevator. Yeah. And then, like, Verbal Kent is coming up with all the plans. Why is Gabriel Byrne a badass? Because he looked the coolest. He did, but like you're right, he they kind of set him up like he's the guy, you know? Yeah, like like he he's he would be the mastermind of it all. Like he's the the ringleader. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you could always. And at the same time, we how much of it is truth? That's what I was going to say. It. You can always uh, just uh, play yeah. it off like, oh yeah, it's verbal. I mean, verbal how much of it is just? Because I even noticed like some of the framing and colors this time kind of reminded me of like like a crime comic book in certain places and oh that green and the uh the, the parking uh and like the bright red backgrounds and yeah and a- it's mainly like when he's telling stories and then when it cuts back to the office it's very you know quick lit bright right plain and then his story is elaborate yeah you're right and also uh, this movie's really really tight like they, they do a lot of close-ups like extreme close-up stuff Oh, yeah, especially in uh, Verbal Ken's interrogation. Oh, man, yeah. And anytime he's, like, talking and stuff, they're, like, right on his face. Like, you know, they're, they're leaving it. They do they do some Dutch angles and shit. They do some really split doctors, cool. too. Oh, and that's right. I forgot about that. They, did, they actually did one that was really fucking neat where... Um, the one where you couldn't see that line? You could barely even see the you, split? You could, ba- you could barely see it. And then, and like, you've got... Um, the uh, inspector guys in the in the in the foreground, foreground on the right, and you're looking down at Kevin Spacey. He's he's kind of in the midground on the left, and but then there's a door all the way in the background where uh, who's who's that actor who comes in? Um, I forget. Tony, Tony Shalhoub. This is not him. It's no, uh, what's his fucking name? It was name? The guy from Alien Resurrection. Yeah, he was an Alien Resurrection. Yeah, what the fuck is that guy? Anyways, anyways, he 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 came, he comes in and he even he's in focus, it's like deep deep background. I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? How, how did they nail those three depths? To, to get that going, I don't know. It may have been a composite right there to make that shot work, but I don't know. I loved it. Like I, it's super fucking cool. I always like when you throw in a nice split diopter, and it, that looked like it was a real one too. No, that was a real one. That, yeah. that, that was real. That wasn't composited. Yeah, because there was uh, there's a moment like uh, Kevin Spacey's fr- uh, nose comes uh, goes out of focus because he he leans a little over. Well, he turns his head over to the left a little bit, and his right. nose kind of hits the line. And it's like, ooh, yeah, it's sexy. It's cool, and like, but the one I'm talking about, they actually like the lines way far to the right, kind of hidden behind the inspector yeah. a little bit. It, it's they did a damn good job. It looks really cool. I like, yeah, I liked all of it. Yeah, all the interrogation stuff. That was that was my favorite interior like sets in the entire movie. Yeah, that stuff was nice. Even when he drops a coffee mug. Like the detective does, the custom agents, like, oh, oh man. at the end when he like realizes, yeah, yes. he's looking at the yeah. bulletin board. Dude, that yeah. is so fucking badass. And they replay it like three or four times from a different angle each time. It's, it's yeah. nice. It's good. Editing, knowing when to extend your time, man. What do you mean? 
Well, I mean, like, uh, you know, the coffee. Oh, like, yeah, are you yeah. like slowing it down, going slow motion? Yeah, they, they go slow motion Taking and that just beat. re-showing it over well, yeah, and over again. Yeah, it's like that, that realization, oh, shit, oh, Slam fucking shit. The Which is, that's great, because that's great tension building. Like, okay, he's getting away. Fuck, we know who he is. And I love the, uh, I love the sketch drawing. It's totally him, but he's all like he looks kind of like shriveled up, like a, like a damn like a damn meth addict or something. <laughs> I I always wondered why they gave him that. Uh, well, why you're watching the speak, movie? Yeah, yeah why, why he has that hair in the movie? But once the sketch comes in, you're like, oh, oh it's definitely him. That's yeah, why. you can't you can't fucking deny that face. That's I love the look on the cop's face when he he's realizing he's like, just oh, how shit. how much he's just been played. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Dude, he's got the greatest like the the closing shot when he runs out into track into the sidewalk. Oh, looking he's for like him. looking around and, and like and it's it's Where'd really funny. Is is the car is like driving away, but it gets stuck in traffic and it's kind of still sitting there in the back of the frame and and then it sits there for a beat and then drives off and you're just like they're right the fuck there. Right there. And you're just like where, where are there's you? no way he can know. Oh yeah, you'll never fucking know. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was nice. That's a good long uh, long yeah. lens shot too. It's good. Yeah, I, I remember the. Lives again. I definitely remember the first time watching it, and you know, right there at the ending when he starts walking straight and everything kind of comes into focus, and you're like, "Oh, we just been played." Yeah, it's a fun feeling. Yeah, I, I don't know if I knew that going in the first time I saw it. I, saw I didn't it. see the first time I saw it. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I saw it in film school, and I don't really remember it too much. I'm sure I didn't know at the end. Like, My dad was super excited for this movie, man. Like you saw it in the theater. No, he didn't get a, a chance, but he was, like, super pumped. And I even remember, remember uh, watching the Oscars and, uh, you know, seeing everybody win their awards and everything. And I think we rented it, like, after that. It was, it was one of those movies at that time. It just it became, like, a, I guess an instant classic. Everyone was just like, oh, this movie is great. It's almost well, it's 25 def- years old. definitely become a cult classic. Yeah. yeah. We're almost, like, proper classic now. Yeah, it, it was, like, uh, you know, around the time Reservoir Dogs was released. Reservoir kind Dogs was before this. Cutting edge. Yeah. Yeah. It was before. That was like, what, 92? Yeah, it was a couple years before this. I mean, a couple of the uh, little online docs were comparing it with, like, Sixth Sense, Empire Strikes Back. Interesting. With the twist endings. Yeah. I was comparing it to Reservoir Dogs because of, like, the group of people and, like, the out-of-time out cuts. You know, kind of it kind of has a feel like that. Yeah, the, the shootings. Yeah. Kind of similar. It, it, it feels like it's inspired a little bit by it, maybe. So which one you like better, Reservoir Dogs or, or Usual Suspects? Fuck me. You brought it up. I did. I like Usual Suspects better, but I just rewatched it. So, <sighs> I, I mean, when's the last time you guys seen uh, Reservoir Dogs? I mean, I, it's, it's been, been so long. Yeah, it's been at least five years since I've seen that. Yeah. I'm going to say I like Reservoir Dogs better because Brian said Usual Suspects. Oh, I just recently saw it. So, yeah, it's super fresh. <laughs> so, of course, I like it better because I can barely remember all, everything in Reservoir Dogs. I just remember the highlights in that movie. Yeah, me too. I remember the bloody car scene, you know, where dude's like dying in the back seat, and then I remember the ear scene. Oh yeah, everybody. And and then the, the big mid the mid movie turn where you find out dude's a cop, you know, that kind of like changes the momentum of the film. I mean, there's some good beats in there. To me, that all, it always slowed down at that point. Really? You had to go. You got to get the backstory, and you had to get. Okay. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. And it's like well, I want to know what dude Mr. Blonde's doing with the guy in the. Right. I think this movie flows better than that film. Oh, that's definitely true. This movie's like it, it's paced really well. It tells the story really well. It's got a better ending. It has a way better ending. I think it's got a better screenplay, maybe minus dialogue. Okay, this is a better film. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all have convinced me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the acting is definitely. It's not better, better than Empire yeah. Strikes Back, though. 
I'm not agreeing. Uh, I got to think about that for a minute, man. I don't know. It's they're so so different, and it's such a different budget level. It's kind of not even fair to compare. And... It's not. That's why Empire just wins. Uh, I'll agree with you on that. That's a default win. I don't know, man. Both screenplays are so fucking tight, though, man. I guess I, get, I would that's give it like, to Empire. That's like saying this college basketball team is really good and then going, but that <laughs> NBA team is going to whip their ass. Yeah. Empire just it has a better, like, it's got better, like, classical narrative structure in yeah. terms of, like, you know, just the, the characters and their, what the Plus, I just through. love it. <laughs> yeah. I just got a lot of love for that movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this type of film, though. I, lo- I like neo-noirs. I like crime, thrillers, and, and this is just a great example. It just works for me, man. It's one of those movies that I don't think about watching it when I'm not watching it. Right. But then every now and then when it's brought up, like, I didn't even know anything about it when it first, like, when I first saw it, I had no idea what I was watching. My buddy Rusty was like, you've never seen me. He, he, used, <laughs> he used to be just like Brian. Like, right. if you said you never saw you had to sit down right at that moment and watch it. About to change your life, bro. So, like, you could, you know, you could be like, at his house, the Palmer movies, man. dropping off some, you know, dropping off something for, you know, whatever, and right. he, helping him move a couch, and he'll say something, and you've never seen you, oh, and you're in his living room watching a movie at two o'clock in the afternoon, going, I got to go. Nope, you're gonna you watch, gotta this watch this movie, dude. <laughs> so I didn't, I mean, I didn't know anything about it, and you know, I was pretty impressed, but I didn't think like, ooh, I got to go show this movie off to people, right? And then next time I watched it was with my wife, and she liked it. And then probably after that was here. Yeah, I've only seen it twice. And the first time was at film school, and it was like one of those movies that like, you've got to see this movie, man. You know? Yep. I probably watched this 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 the same week that I watched Run, Lola, Run. Oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah. From Germany. Yeah, so. What's that guy doing now? Nothing. All right, so thinking. I'm back, sure he's doing something. He did Cloud Atlas, but it's thinking been a while. back to film school, is there? Do you have a movie that everybody was talking about? You got to see, and then when you watched it, you're like, "Why did I have to see that?" Eraserhead. Ooh, that's a good. Fu- oh, <laughs> Jared, I don't. That I don't, was mine. <laughs> I don't think anybody could top that. No, that that was one of those. Was like, why am I watching this movie? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yep. That is a hard one to get through, man. Yeah. And there's some Lynch I do like, but that one is just so fucking I, I, bizarre, man. I, that dude's really weird, man. I, I tweeted a, um, a he, video of him, uh, of, of David uh, Lynch, sitting on set, talking, just, just talking. And he's sitting in front of the monitor, and he's talking about what time he woke up. And he says that he has to set his alarm. And whatever the, the time is, it has to equal seven. So, you know, he... he <laughs> All right, man. That's yeah. cool. So, she, yeah. <laughs> so no, it, it, he's like, depending on what time it is, whatever the call time is, he makes it wherever the the numbers add up to seven, and that's how he has to wake up. At it's that his time. lucky number, dude. It's his lucky yeah. number. Okay. Did he say why? No, he just says that yeah, I just have to do that. Lucky number, Benson. Lucky number. Yeah, because see, I like whatever time I have to leave the house, <laughs> I minus five minutes <laughs> set my alarm. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's kind of real close. What if what if those tacos attacked you or something when you woke up? Like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a rough morning. <laughs> well, if, I, if they're attacking, you'd know before the alarm goes off. I guess that's true. I don't know, man. But I had some crazy heart heartburn the other day. You ever had heartburn where you like breathe it in? Is that not like death? What do you mean you breathe it in? Like it, you feel like you get like stomach acid fumes in your fucking lungs. Oh yeah, my like God. You, like you have stomach, you're having an ass or you know stomach acid. Yeah, and then 
while you're asleep, you breathe and it goes into your lungs. Holy shit. And then shit. suddenly your lungs are on fire and you're coughing. Yeah, I've never had that. That's insane. People think you're dying. So it's like, horrible. Like if I eat a whole pizza or something, if I'm like a big fat ass and I'm like, you know, eat a whole pizza and then I get like heartburn or something like that. I've, I've gone I've gone through that. I haven't experienced the. <laughs> you don't drink coffee all day, do you? I don't, no. Oh, man. Let me tell you what. I'm down, I'm down to about three, three coffee drinks a week. It'll uh, happen one day. Oh. day for me. One nice. day you'll be you'll be coughing and your lungs will be burning. You'll be like, this is what they were talking about. Damn you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I skip breakfast, man, and just do coffee. And, you know, man. I get that. Speaking yeah. of pizza, I just learned yesterday that none of my kids like pizza. That's insane. I thought I was doing them a favor and went and spent like some of the last like petty cash. I'm just gonna get y'all pizza Where'd for you dinner. Go? This this is this matters with pizza. Where'd you go? Little Caesars. Oh man, see that's why they don't like pizza because it's not good pizza. Well, they said they don't like any pizza. What? That's crazy, dude. Like kids love pizza. And I was I love like, pizza. what? Y'all don't like pizza? And they're like, no. I thought everybody liked pizza. Yeah, that's kind of a standard, well, right? Honestly, I'm not a big fan of pizza. Really? So you yeah. you, you passed up you know, like I passed on that screwed up. So what, gene what's of... your okay? So if you had to have pizza, what's your perfect pizza? This this will prove it here. Barbecue. You're not a pizza lover. I get it. Because a barbecue pizza is really heavy, and it's like you're basically just tasting all that like like barbecue sauce. You're basically eating a barbecue sandwich. You're basically eating a barbecue sandwich <laughs> with cheese yeah. on it and no. very little meat. <laughs> what's what's your, what's your go to pizza, Brian? Ah, uh, probably ham and pineapple. Dude, pineapple doesn't go on pizza, Brian. Yeah, it does. Fuck, bro, you, you don't. <laughs> dude, everything goes on pizza. That is true. Yeah, there's there's no topping off limit here. Man, I'll eat anything on a pie, bro. Anything. My anything. my next choice would have been ham and pepperoni or pineapple. One of those choices. So the big, and then, yeah, I like the sausage big, and anchovies. That's a good one. Ooh, yeah, I'm down. No, the, I'm down you know those that. little I, like I, I, I can roll with you. You know those real cheap Tortino. The Tortinos, uh, like yeah, yeah, the little real cheap like yeah, dollar the microwave ones. ones. Yeah, those are awesome. They're good. They're cheap, but they're good. I'm just not a big fan of the the pizza sauce. And the richer the sauce, the less I'm going to like it. Oh wow. I don't like frozen pizzas that much. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you guys about... Do uh, you, you guys like Totino's pizza rolls? I don't eat pizza rolls. I'm a fucking adult, Jared. <laughs> I don't eat fucking well, I'm gonna, pizza I'm gonna, rolls. Uh, I'm going to make it to the next level. So you, you cook you a whole bag, 40 of those motherfuckers, right? And then... <laughs> <laughs> to feed five kids. To feed myself. No. Um, <laughs> anyways, cook you some pizza rolls, and then you got to go over to the uh, to the refrigerated section over by like where the deli meats and the, and the, and the um, like where the fucking uh, bacon is and shit. There's these pickles, and they're called Clausen. They make these yeah. really badass dill pickles, and they're in the refrigerated section. Okay. And if you eat Clausen's pickles and, and pizza rolls together, man, I'm telling you. Okay. I thought you were going to tell me, like, well, see, what you do is you cut the, the pickle out, and then you this put the like, pizza rolls and stuff them in there. <laughs> no, but that would be badass. This is like the Poncho's cheese dip with the sun chips. It's That's actually very good as well. The perfect mix. Just yeah, you're right. Randomly, you, yeah. you come across it, and it's like this is made for each exactly. other, and they don't even know it. Exactly. There's something. There's something about like the the pizza roll, like you know, kind of tanging it, or like the you know that that saucy, savory, but with that like you know, fucking like vinegary, like uh, cold pickle. It's very nice. Yeah, on the ponchos, my, my producer. <laughs> Obviously, we're very hungry at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Don't fucking eat pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're making them for your kids, try it with the, with the pickle. 
Right. Why do you not eat pizza rolls? Yeah, bro. Because I'm a fucking adult. I don't eat fucking pizza rolls. It's dude. fucking... That's child dude, you're food. Ne- dude, you're ne- that, that, that's ridiculous. Really you play video games. You watch movies. You, 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 like, you talk... Like you're, bro, you have I'm, a I'm you're a goddamn man child. You have a toy Godzilla over yeah, your shoulder. There, there is a fucking three foot toy Godzilla yeah, but, over but your guys, shoulder. Guys, guys, like, uh, yeah, I don't eat like I'm, I'm a kid though. I don't, I don't just eat like fish sticks and pizza rolls and uh, <laughs> fucking macaroni and cheese. Okay, I have branched out in my fucking uh, elder age. I'm not saying that you have to eat it all the time, but you can eat it every now and then. No, this is not my thing, man. Okay, I'll, I, eat, I, I'll eat some chicken wings. I like that. No, what, that's what, a good what if snacky. I made pizza rolls? I was like, Brian, I made homemade pizza rolls, and you I have to probably eat them with these would pickles. not eat a pizza roll that I made. I mean, if it would hurt your feelings, I mean, it would I probably would... hurt my feelings. But damn. Damn. now, <laughs> all right, so would it be adult of you to if he made a homemade pizza and didn't roll it? Well, that's a, then, that's making a homemade pizza. That's a pizza. Oh, okay. So as long as it's not rolled up. As long as it's not a fatty rolled, like, <laughs> fucking stupid-ass fucking thing I can eat in a better version. I mean, fuck, man. A pizza's awesome. Why do you fucking need to put it in a... That's a fu- Why don't you just call it what it is Okay. originally, which was a fucking calzone? That would be a pizza roll I would eat. Okay. So you would like a big pizza roll. Yeah, I would put like an adult pizza <laughs> roll. Pizza. An okay. adult this size would be an adult pizza, size pizza roll. roll. Yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't even got to bagel bites yet, but like <laughs> no, bagel bites. <laughs> when pizza's on a bagel, what's a bagel bite? You can eat pizza anytime. It's it's yeah. It's, it's like little bitty. It's little bitty frozen bagels about you know about that big around about two inches wide. Uh, with pizza toppings on them, so like small bagels cut in half with pizza toppings, and they freeze them, and then you eat them when you get stoned. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's about the only time I ever see anybody like. I mean, do they even make bagel bites anymore? Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> or they have at least have a Brian's knockoff like, version. Brian's like, I don't eat them, but I know what they exist. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because when you go down the freezer, all the kids are always like, Ooh, Ew, hey, that looks awesome. <laughs> like, no, you can't have those. No, you don't want them. Man. <laughs> it's, 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 they always look good. They don't taste good. No, no, no. Just keep going. Hmm. But anyways, uh, my favorite pizza topping is uh, is pepperoni, uh, bacon, ham. Pepperoni, onion. bacon, and ham? Pe- pepperoni, bacon, ham, and, and green pepper, and maybe a little onion. Something like that. Or I can actually just do pepperoni and green pepper is also very badass. Got to have something green on there. <laughs> pepperoni and bacon. I've had some pepperoni bacon pizzas Ooh, that are have, good. Bacon a food kick. Uh, just put a little green on there. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I've never, uh, never been a big pizza fan. Okay, well, that's how you know. Uh, so all of our yes. listeners now know our pizza habits. <laughs> Yeah, just eat pizza. Any pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Don't discriminate. As long as pizza. it's not rolled up. <laughs> no, pizza pizza's a pie, man. You don't roll a pie. You guys want to rate this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's rate this thing. Okay, cool. All right, who's going first? I'm going to give it an eight. What the fuck, Jared? What? Explain. What do you mean? Why, why are you giving this movie an eight? Why is this not a ten? Is this movie a ten? I'm gonna go out and limb and just go out and say, uh, yeah, it's a ten. I get right. I, I rated it a ten. I rated a ten. Shit, I was gonna give it an eight. Yeah, I was gonna get. Like, you totally gave it an eight. No, man. Well, but but I want to know why you want to give it an eight. Um, like what what's holding this back from perfection, man? I I can't answer that, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're so, right. That's what I'm saying. I'll answer it, please. Um, <laughs> it's not anything that's like wrong with the movie, but to. For me to like say I'm going to give a movie a ten, that means it is it has made a mark on me. I it, it is that is a special movie to me. And this one just doesn't reach that point. 
This is not special to you. I mean, it's cool. You don't. You, you guys don't think that this is like unique in the in the crime genre? Well, you it really is. like crime movies too. I think this is pretty special, guys. Like, okay. I, well, I, you give it a ten. Yeah, like, that's I, why I, there's three of us. Is we get to have opinions too. <laughs> I mean, but like, well, I'm asking you guys questions on why why you're rating this. Uh, I mean, like, I, I, I want to know. Eight is a bad. I don't see eight is a bad. Is a bad number. Eight, it, it, eight is a bad number at yeah. all. No, I'm not saying it's a bad number. I'm saying like what is holding it back from perfection. That's what I'm asking. I'm not. I'm not, for me to I'm give not criticizing it, like, an eight. Like for me to give it a ten, like I'd give Ghostbusters a ten. But Ghostbusters is a movie that like at least once a year I catch myself thinking, I want to watch Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters. But this movie is better than Ghostbusters, dude. Is it? Yeah, I would. I would argue not. But. Yeah, this is this is better than Ghostbusters. You see, and you I, don't I, think like, it's better than Ghostbusters. I, I I see what you're saying. I really do. Like maybe technically, and like you know, with with the with the you know surprise ending, and and like what what it took I to mean, do technically that, it and looks like great. all that, you know. Uh, but just, editing's just, great. Just, just thinking about like the personal feelings on it. Well, what's holding you back in the personal feelings? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe that I saw it when I was 23. You know, like uh, and it just didn't. You know, I mean it. it it's just not one that I think about like, man, I want to watch that movie. It's a movie I've seen twice, you know. I've seen Ghostbusters, you know, a hundred times. No, I, I, I understand, but I mean, we're not, again, we're not comparing every film. Like, we've Why are you giving other... it a 10? Okay, I'll tell yes, you why yes, I'm giving it a please, 10. Please, please, turn right, me I'll, around. I'll, give you, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I can't, I can't find a single problem. Like, even though I don't really like Stephen Baldwin that much, he's really good and in you, this yeah, movie. He's and great. you bitched about the lighting. There are some light, but again, six million dollar budget. I, I get that. And the too, actors, so, yeah. I mean, on the fly, and a thirty day, and they went like like four or five days like straight, and they did eighteen to twenty hour days. Right. You know, I mean, you look at the locations. Yeah, the lighting. Yeah, it's not great in those office scenes. It could be better. Yeah, but, but you're dealing with fucking offices. Man, I don't know if I if I could have like even. I don't know if I've seen anything better at this pace. You know, at this pace scale. Right, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, dude, the, all the performances are just super solid. Uh, Singer's direction, I think, is this is his best directed. This is his best movie. movie. I will say that this is his best movie. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. And Christopher McQuarrie, his script here is fucking brilliant. It and like all like the devil is in the details, and all of the details are just so well thought out. And like, man, I, I think the emotional highlights here just, I think they work. I think John Ottman is paced this movie out for the audience. Some people had a hard time, I think, when it came out. Yeah. Following it and, and understanding what was going on. But they, they, you know, we have those problems with spy movies and, and thrillers. I think the same thing happened to Mission Impossible when that came out. But Yeah. yeah I you, can see that. Yeah, I can you, totally see that. And you watch that movie now and it's like, oh, this is super easy to follow. Just because we've been exposed to those stories You got to so think much. about when it came out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, 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 it could feel a little overwhelming. I totally see that. Man, I have nothing, no, no negatives. I, I mean, like, I, yeah, outside of the lighting, a little bit here and there, I, I can see that. But no, man, I, even the music, dude, that little piano hit. Ah, man, I yeah, we love didn't talk that. about the music. Yeah, there, there's there's some good score stuff going on. Well, it, it's it's hard to talk about the music because John Ottman also did the editing, and the editing is fucking flawless. Yeah. I, even when we were doing Girl in Woods, there's a there's a scene in Girl in Woods toward the end. Uh, it's when. Uh, the hunter is spoiler alert <laughs> is 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 telling uh is is, is asking grace like uh, all right are you a grace walker and she has those flashbacks those, she kills that guy 
Yeah, it's right right before she gets ready to uh, to kill uh, Russ's character, and um, so when you were cutting that, you were thinking of this, this and um, Fight Club, because I was totally thinking of Saw. Well, you know, you were thinking of something that was ripping off this movie, <laughs> and I was just thinking of the first instance. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was a very hipster statement, but I love it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's true, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that's where right. Saul got yeah, Somebody's going to send an email and go, "The first Please movie do. to do this the was crew at gmail dot com." Extra e on crew. I'm, I'm sure this is not the first movie to do this, but it's the one that I, it, I think it's the best executed and. So many movies ripped this off. Well, I mean, we ripped it off, you know? It, it's, it's just so good. It's so great. But if you watch it with the sound off, yeah. watch that end with the sound off, does not work. Which end? On which movie? The Usual Suspects. Okay. Yeah, this film. I always heard this, that was a criteria of Steven Spielberg, is that if the edit's not working with the sound off, then the movie's not working. Then you can tell him, Ready Player One doesn't work. Pew, 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 Boom! Because <laughs> you watch that movie with the sound off, it's like, oh, this is a bunch of flashy shit, and it. Oh, look, mean there's anything. Robocop. <laughs> Isn't that kind of the movie? It's yeah. like, hey, flashy stuff. Ooh, The Shining. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, The Shining. But dude, I which is what, coming up? That's that's one of my favorite uh, favorite movies of last year, though. It was fun. It was. I had fun watching that with you guys. Yeah, we, we, we had a nice experience movie, with but... each other. Fuck, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good time. I don't think I've seen enough movies to say what was the best movie of last year. The Favorite was really good. Black Klansman, if you haven't seen that. I haven't seen either of those. See them? They're good. We will. For myself, I don't really feel connected to any of the characters. I feel more interested in how does this play out. I don't feel like I'm rooting for a character to achieve anything. It's more of a... Okay, well, what's going to happen instead of, like, following Indiana Jones and hoping he gets the Ark? Do you also have that same problem with Pulp Fiction and those types of movies? I mean, do you have where you have anti-heroes and, and characters that are not likable and heroic? No, because, I mean, unlike Pulp Fiction, I, I feel like their goals are a little bit more explained. I mean, because they try, they try to give Gabriel Byrne's character, like, some. there's some moments where you see humanity in him. Like, he doesn't want to shoot the guy that won't give him the briefcase in the, in the second heist. And Verbal Kent's the one who shoots him. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean it may just very, very well be the structure alone. Like, this is the whole movie is involving around a flashback. So, what's the goal? Is the goal for him to just get out so he, he got away? We don't know the goal. Or exactly. That's the so, mystery. So, like, on basic storytelling level, that's probably what I'm not connecting with. So that magical it factor that's not there, I'm dropping it to an eight. And I'm sticking with the eight. Throwing some shade there, Jared. What do you mean? What do you mean, Jared? He said he was sticking with his eight. Oh, well, no, that's fine. He's he throwing, can stick with his he's eight. Throwing you, he's throwing you shade, no, man. I'm just trying, I'm just trying, I'm just trying you... to lean on the curve, man. I, I, I'm, I'm going to split the, I'm gonna split the vote. He said you brainwashed, fool. I did get brainwashed. But I'm okay with it. Uh, too much fun. All right, guys. You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You guys want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Tuned In, 
Overcast, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Make sure to rate and review us there. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Movie Crew Pod. Or anywhere else podcasts are found. <laughs> We're everywhere, baby. Benson, where can audience follow you, sir? At J. Edward Benson on Twitter. And Mr. Callen, where can they follow you, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at Jared B. Callen and on Instagram at CheckTheGate. You guys can follow me at Elkins Edits. And we're going to be closing out the show with track one from the usual suspect soundtrack titled Main Theme from composer John Ottman, who did an awesome job cutting this fucking film. Enjoy. Enjoy.